Welcome, listeners. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here to bring you our deepest, darkest thoughts about GameStop. Uh, <laughs> but but real GameStop, not fake inflated meme stop GameStop. Fuck, we look like you know. We're not um, talking about the meme stop. I mean, we will. Let, we can talk about the stock. We can talk about the GameStop, the GameStop, Wall Street saga. But we're also on this episode going to talk about GameStop as a real component a dying component of gamer culture as yeah, it we, exists in the real world, you yeah, know, in the like real it's, world. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like it's like, we are, we are, we are doing our duty of bringing the story back to earth a little bit. Yeah. Cause I, I cannot, I, I cannot let stand some characterization <laughs> because we, we have us, the two of us on this podcast <laughs> have that power. Yes. I cannot let stay. I have seen the most absurd and grotesque over the top characterizations of this company as representing, you know, millennial nostalgia. You know, the what are the stocks in common? What do they have in common? The stocks that all of these Redditors have rallied around. GameStop, AMC, millennials are nostalgic for their culture. GameStop sucks, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, we should, I guess, start by outlining. <laughs> yeah. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. I because I because I have I'm gonna put a pin in I'm gonna put a net I'm gonna put a pin in that specific question of like what do all of these stocks have in common? What do all these businesses that these these stocks have in common? Is that they're dying? Because I have like, I, well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I, it's just like, I, no, but I mean, like, I have a very good like literal grouping like yeah. image thing that I'm gonna come back to later after we explain what was happening this past week, which was that um, <sighs> Wall Street bets are Wall Street bets, uh, a subreddit where basically a bunch of people that have read several personal finance books um, and they read the Motley YouTube. Fool website. I mean, 
You know how there are always those uh, the, the really lengthy sponsored ads on YouTube playing like a minute and 31 second ad before like a 50 second video that you were looking for Absolutely. to reference something else. Yeah. And it's always like some, some, you know, guy with slick back hair walking in front of his Lamborghini being like, if you read 15 more books a day, you could also make a million dollars in an hour. Like I did one of those kinds of commercials, people that watch that kind of shit and read those kinds of self-help books. And then, you know, judge that against mad money. What, just kind of like... <laughs> You already dragged Jim Creamer into this. I'm mad. I, like I'm just saying, like it's it's very like think about the most cartoonish characters you can think of. Like Jim Cramer, CNBC. That's a that's a cartoon character. I, listen, you watch enough CNBC. Like I'm talking about to, cartoon characters in your you real life your that mind. you know personally that have like you know a really strong affinity for Wolf of Wall Street and. Uh, you know, want to emulate the characters that are getting let out of the front doors of Fortune 500 companies yeah. in handcuffs. The rebels. Yes, mm, the rebels. Right. There you go. Um, now that I've got to the well dressed, the well dressed description. Yes, the zooted, it's the zooted and suited rebels. Yes, the zooted and suited rebels. I got to the end of that lengthy description. Wall Street bets basically highlighted a number of stocks over the last couple of months that they were basically just going to run the price up on because other Wall Street head funds had basically bet against these companies to fail because why wouldn't you? Because they're places like GameStop. Yes. Um, and then they were just like, you know what? what if, wouldn't it be funny if we just like fuck these guys over? Yeah. <laughs> Is more or less the gist of it. And they yeah. did by... Uh, driving the price of the stock up uh, by doing a short squeeze. Yes. And now, uh, like Game Stocks, Game Stocks, Game Stop <laughs> Stock, uh, which was you know somewhere in the single digits, is now upwards of over a hundred dollars per share, and things are in disarray. <laughs> yeah, it's like an existential crisis for Wall Street, deciding like retail investors who should be allowed to make what trades and yeah you, you it's basically turned into a civil rights crisis slash sort of like republican reddit ripoff of occupy wall street <laughs> it's, 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 it's i've I meandered all the way through that and it's been so difficult for any news outlet to describe in a concise manner <laughs> yeah like with any amount of like uh confidence because it's just so reliant on invisible market bullshit because it involves like, you know, selling stock that you don't have to, you know, decrease like opposite people's positions. So the same video of Margot Robbie explaining what shorting is in a bath, in a hot tub drinking champagne from the big short was circulated so many times over the last week and nobody really came up with a better like explanation for what was happening uh, so yeah uh, to me okay there's the half of it that is the frustration of following a story about market shit that you don't know anything about and then the other half of it is that it involves reddit right and to me the classic thing about a lot of 
social media, especially Reddit, right? Reddit is the boogeyman in so many chapters of the history of the internet. And one of the things that Reddit always brings up is the difficulty in judging the scale of any given thing, right? Like when you say, oh, this all started in a subreddit, right? Like the average person hears that. Like how many people are they supposed to imagine? Is this 10 people? Is it 100 people? Is it 1,000 people? Like... It's, and it's like it's there's a very high frame of like you there's there's several like it's a very high threshold to get the joke of the story yeah of the yeah. past week totally just because yes. it is yeah because it's you have to understand that somebody could see something like that and just be like what if we just swung market forces tonight because we ran out of hot pockets or some shit. <laughs> Like it's it, like it's just like really like it was just like a like a weeknight activity. Yeah, it's a lot of work to get the joke. It, I mean, if you follow it, definitely if you try to come two days into this story, it's it's like excuse me, what happened? But I feel like a lot of this played out at the sort of extremely online, extremely cable news pace. So the people who were on board in the early phase of this whole saga. They just sort of stuck with it and they're immersed in it. And I know people who were just following the story from the outside who the next thing you know, like they got an account on Robin Hood and they got stock. Which is <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, wait a minute now. Where y'all going with this? Which is like, <laughs> you can't actually, if you, if you learn, if you are learning about GameStop on about, about the GameStop stock reaching the price that it was at on Twitter. Why would you buy it? On Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, on Twitter. Why would you then go buy it? Exactly. (laughs) It's just like the the, the function of like the story as you can apply it to like your real world day to day is it's just like stupid that you want to participate. Yeah, (laughs) right. It's like, wait, you're telling me you follow the story that's about a bunch of people inflating the price of a stock and your response to that was to go, I'm going to go buy shares of this company now. I don't yeah. think that's how it was supposed to work, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Well, at least, you know, I, I, I hope that that's not what people are actually doing. But that was the tenor of the jokes um, yeah. because there were a lot of them. Uh, there have been a lot of them over the last week about like, you know, hey, you know, next time all of my friends are going to make billions of dollars. Maybe you should text me type of tone to the I mean like it's just kind of like everything is so whimsical and dumb and nothing means anything yeah that it does feel like that's why it's funny right because it's sort of I it's one of those things where I don't know at face value why it's so funny and I guess it really is just that I, it the really fact is itself, the image I mean because it's like a hilarious image of a bunch of like underscored usernames versus like Wall Street hedge funds uh, built of people with you know ten plus years of experience of being on Wall Street and all of the, like it's just the image of rich assholes being uh like upstaged by people on Reddit. It's funny, like yeah, just I mean, uh, watching people dunk on business school grads. Right, I think that is that's fair. Yeah, that's- I it's there is something in, inherently funny about that. But I mean, not like ha ha funny, really. 
scenes just kind of like cosmically funny. Well, it's also the other element too is that it's it would be one thing if we were talking about PepsiCo stock or something, I don't know, or Apple, but like it's GameStop, dog. Yeah, it's is every, there could not be more of a meme stock than every GameStop. yeah, it's just the, every facet of the story is dumb. Yeah, it's just you took the dumbest dying company that I have no like that's the thing it's so easy to trivialize it because it's not it's not like I'm sitting here. It's not like I have a favorite company. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but GameStop <laughs> is just the most sort of inherently kind of funny company to to make the subject of this kind of activism on Wall Street. It's GameStop. Micah, let's talk about GameStop. Like GameStop for real, though. The actual GameStop that that gamers know and love. Let's talk about it. I mean, like you remember at the top of the episode how you were talking about how editors, the internet over, have basically been trying to categorize GameStop as like this kind of signifier of like millennial culture slash, you know, what are the other like types of like, what is it that groups all of these Wall Street rocket uh emoji bets together like you know what is it that like is the what is it that's like the grouping principle right and honestly it is like retail stores in the not the newest mall in your hometown but like this like the second newest mall in your hometown like the one that's like (laughs) the one the one (laughs) the one that kind of now only has like a sears and like a jc pennies with like maybe a half size run of like you know a like three shoes in it and you know a bunch of like you know one place to get food that's the basically all the stores that used to be in there that then moved to the new mall. And there's really only eight places in there now too, because everybody buys their shit online. Yeah. Those are the, like, those are the stocks that people are, you know, like gathering around. uh, It seems to like in this, in this wave of like news of the memification of stocks. Yes. I just, I know I saw, the term nostalgia deployed more than once to describe why GameStop of all companies would be the subject of all this, right? And it's just that I, I, I could not think of a company that I have less nostalgia for than GameStop, right? It is. <laughs> There's no like I don't have fun, like I don't have fond memories. Who of among GameStop. us has I've... fond memories of a GameStop? It is like you think about GameStop and, you know, pictures in your house, like, you know, tilt askew. You think about GameStop and your ass itches. You think about GameStop and you think about like very unhappy and wayward times in your life when you were doing things like the $20 Taco Bell challenge while you were trying to stand in line for the first Gears of War game because you needed to touch the plastic cover of the game 
in order to play it at that period in time. You don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, like what are the circumstances under which you even had? And to I don't go miss it either. Stuff? It's I like don't console miss it. releases, right? So a, con- a new console is out in the mid two thousands. You got to go to GameStop, and it's a hassle. You want to buy a new game when a new game is out. You got to go to GameStop. You know. Though you have studied, like I, I, I forget the because whole you got it. Like, well, the, the racket was the racket was that you had to go a couple. You had to know when the game was coming out. Yeah, you had to go a couple weeks early, and you had but to they put break five, the street yeah, date. Yeah, they break the street date. They you had to put five dollars down, and yes. then you had to come pick the game up the first day within the first day of it being out, or they give your copy away to somebody else. Yes. So you had to go there and debase yourself by standing in line like you're not who you are. <laughs> uh, because you have no respect for yourself. <laughs> no, but that's not, and that's not even the biggest debasement. The no respect for yourself is when you're talking about, to me, the main context for GameStop, which is the market for used games, right? The two the the two sided nature of GameStop, where it is both the place that you finished your copy of Final Fantasy IX and you want to go sell it, and you go to the counter with the disgruntled GameStop employee and you put it on the desk and they say, "We will give you fifteen cents for this copy, this two week old copy of Final Fantasy IX." And, and then they- you say. Thank you. I would love 15 cents. And then they take the 15 cents out of the cash register and they throw it in your face <laughs> because they hate you. GameStop is not okay. That is, you know, a slight dramatization of what actually happens when you get, but they really do give you 15 cents for your, like, and it's not like for your two week old copy of Final Fantasy. You're right. I'm exactly. They'll give you, yeah. they will give you 15 cents for your, PS2 console when the PS3 <laughs> comes out. <laughs> if you like, because you're just bringing it, yeah, you'll bring it in. Like, you know, I might at least be getting, you know, I the cost of a game. I could get a game for free with the new system. And it's just like, no, you can get a plastic bag that you won't have to pay for. Mm. Mm, that's real. Uh, the thing about GameStop, though, if, if, if people insist on framing this in terms of nostalgia, because it's not really about GameStop as a, as a locus of gamer activity, it is, a, it is a hive of scum and villainy. However, a thing I think about a lot with GameStop is those phases of my life in which gaming felt more physical, right? Obviously, you still have the physical consoles or you have your physical PC. But I even remember things like, you know what I reminisce about? Strategy guides, right? Because now, uh, if you want a strategy guide, that. you go to YouTube where you go to even the people, even the game FAQs generation, right? Like it's before that, you have the actual physical magazine, right? And like, yeah, that's what I associate like, um, GameStop with. What was the name of that? I Like it was... Those series, yeah. Like what were they? It was electronic. Was it a, like, I see, I want to say something simplistic, like it was Electronic Gaming Monthly or something. But I remember that they used to have like the tester, the, the promo seat, the demo CDs that used to come with it, like at the, at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I mean, like the thing is, is that I can't even, that used to be such like a 
facet of like gaming for me. And I don't even remember what the name of it is now. But anyway, I mean, like the, 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 the point is, is that there is, yeah, it, it is like a nostalgia for there being like, uh, for the, Nostalgia, what there's always nostalgia for a simpler time of that is that was before now, where stuff isn't like it is currently. <laughs> right. Where you just download everything or you order it via Amazon. But even the, yeah. like one, one thing you and I were talking about, a bunch of us at The Ringer were talking about when the PS5 dropped, right? So the PS5 that well, dropped allegedly, I haven't seen one in a while. I whatever. mean, <laughs> you know. But but one thing we we were talking through is that there are two versions of the PlayStation Five, right? There's a version, there's a discless version, right, where you where right. you just download all the games, mm-hmm. and there's a disc version where you can obviously download games or you can buy physical CD copies, right, or mm-hmm. Blu-ray copies, right. And you know, at first I was like, I'm obviously gonna get the digital one. I don't play enough games to worry about hard drive space anyway. And the more I thought about it, I was just sort of like. You know what my apprehension really was was just that I, imagine imagine having a disc copy of something, right? That feels so quaint. The people I know who are like, "No, I have to get the disc version because I'm going to have all it on Blu-ray." It's just like that feels like such a 2000s way to be a gamer, right? To have a bunch of See, it CDs does you like it, it feels it feels like a 2000s way to be a gamer. Um, but it's also like the uh, the same sort of panic you feel when like you know if there's some sort of uh small defect suddenly a crack on your solid yeah. disk hard drive yep. like that's your entire gaming library gone and you know you'd have to go i don't actually know what the technical terminology for it is but you have to go get it fixed and like you know salvaging it w- would be uh isn't like you know guaranteed so I mean, like the the same sort of panic you feel over owning physical media, physical versions of things you love, is like something that I understand. But like that being like the first impulse versus like you know, oh, I really love Hitman Absolution. I need to find a physical copy of it somewhere, yeah. or I yeah. want a copy of Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Um. Yeah, as it like being like a new like a delivery of new games, I don't understand it anymore. Like, yes, the last thing I even the last objects I even treated, I don't even treat books like that anymore. I'm one of those people who's just like I'm resigned to ebooks. I have you know bookcases, and I guess sometimes I'll get hard copies of stuff that I really really want to have as like an artifact of something, but. I do feel like GameStop at least is the it's it's sort of like the last bulwark of the people who've decided that actually yes it is important to collect Blu-rays with the cases and all that and the and the cover artwork versus people who people like me who are like no the best thing that happened to gaming and to a lot of other things is everything got digitized and I don't have to have my apartment be filled with crap you know what I mean sure. Um, and GameStop, GameStop is an apartment filled with crap. That is the entire aesthetic of that storefront is every GameStop looks like a nasty gamer bedroom. It's just gray. You got just CDs spilling everywhere. You got USB cords just in the middle of the floor. It smells. People are dressed poorly. That's GameStop. And we have evolved past GameStop. 
Right. But the people that um, brought GameStop forth uh, from from whence it came uh, from its from the dark depths, I don't really think cared about whether GameStop had the potential to evolve or whether GameStop was passe. They just, you know, kind of. Again, we're like, I there's it's difficult to describe like the impetus behind it, but it's just kind of like, what wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be hilarious if it's a last hurrah? Yeah, and that's and here and and here we are. Yeah, this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty five thousand miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, economics major Micah Peters. <laughs> wow. I am being... Wow. I feel like I'm meant to derive some sort of existential pronouncement about the future of the internet and activism and the establishment versus the rabble into this whole GameStop saga. And a lot of it strikes me as kind of overwrought, you know? And I don't, Tell me how to interpret this story in terms of trying to read the future into the fact that a subreddit made a mess of the stock market for a few days. I think it's probably best not to read anything at all into anything that's happened over the past week. Um, because the sole things that have improved are the market volatility that we already knew existed, the more or less exploiting glaring issues in our American infrastructure, which has been happening a lot successively in biblical ways (laughs) for like the last year. Um, So this is a new one, but I think that like, it is definitely the stupidest of the ones to occur so far and a product of like, just like, I, I don't think that I've ever felt such, such a sensation of like, this is dumber than I think 
even a child with godlike powers could imagine. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do feel like the temptation to read stuff into it, right, is this is this sense of like you, you yourself acknowledge that there's a sort of serialization of failure at a certain point in American. Yeah, I, it's it, but it is. It's it's just like impossible to predict the. It's 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 impossible to like like have a course trajectory for like a meme. I agree with that, but it does feel like the the barbarians are memes. It feels like there are meme barbarians. If you're writing the sort of last few chapters of America and of like the global economy, yeah, it yeah, ends I mean, with meme like, barbarians sure, like, I mean, imagine hope. like okay, so if we are to, like if we all right, let's 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 change the frame of reference a little bit, so. You know that, like the 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 most perfect meme of the last half decade is definitely this nigga eating beans. Yes, because yes. of you want to explain it a little bit. Well, you sure. Yeah, Alaskan Carl One was going to see the premiere of Car- Cars Two and made the fatal mistake of bringing a can of beans to eat in the theater. And then when he opened the can of beans and spilled them all over himself, one young individual in the in in the in the back of the theater said, This nigga eating beans, and everyone laughed. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> because it's you imagine this sad old white man just like eating his can of beans in cars too, just trying to enjoy his afternoon matinee. In cars too, yeah. <laughs> and you know. So like I've you know so many people like this kid that's just that saw this like bit of physical comedy Snig- and needed to comment on it in the middle of the movie this theater. This nigga bees, and it's it's funny because you can apply it. It's broadly applicable. You can apply it to basically any time that anybody does anything stupid. Yes, or like something that you don't even understand. And the best part about it is that. White people can't touch it. So they can't, so it can't be ruined. <laughs> so it's like I understand this past like week's story as like a bunch of Wall Street people being like they touched the they touched the beam. <laughs> and they ruined it for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the fact that their meme was never good in the first place. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> you didn't buy any chairs, right? Just to be clear. Neither of us have Absolutely any interest not. in that. Absolutely exactly. not. Absolutely not. Did you just hear that explanation no. I just gave you? Absolutely. I'm not I'm not wading into something that like I don't listen. I'm I, not a I'm not a gambling man, charity. I'm listen, I once got drunk and bought some crypto, and it was more recently than you want to know. And even I no, I couldn't touch this thing with the 10 foot pole. Um, I really would love for listeners in this case to email us their favorite GameStop memories, especially if any of our listeners have ever worked at a GameStop. Because all my antipathy, like this is not some distant elitist antipathy toward GameStop. I know former GameStop employees. I share your struggle. You I'm don't get you. to hate GameStop in the way that we do unless you have an intimate knowledge of it. Yeah, I was going to say, the people who hate GameStop the most probably used to work at GameStop. <laughs> um, and Micah, 
listeners, I just want to note that we have not spent an inordinate amount of time this episode, despite talking about GameStop, right? We have not spent an inordinate amount of time talking about the PlayStation 5, talking about the fact that we still don't own a PlayStation 5, despite our months-long quests. <laughs> between, between us! We have, we're not talking about it. We are setting aside the PlayStation 5 in this discussion of GameStop. I will say, of all of the retailers where I tried to buy a PlayStation 5, I, I didn't even start with GameStop. I knew it would be a nightmare. I heard the stories of people early in the PS5 release talking about how GameStop was trying to flim-flam people by selling them $1,000 bundles where you could get a PS5, but you also had to buy five other things. They were, they were trying to scam people. And five front row seats to, to Nicki Minaj's next tour stop. And... Nah, they didn't even do the Best Buy. Oh, it's in your cart, but we deleted it from your cart. Try again. GameStop was like, now nah, we'll sell you one, but you have to make a Faustian bargain with GameStop. And that's why their stock price is all fucked up. But anyway, we still don't have a PlayStation 5, Micah. Between yeah. us, we don't Between have a PlayStation 5. We don't have a single one. Not near one. That said... But we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna bellyache about it, um, unless March rolls around. Unless the Ides of March rolls around, and we still don't have a PS Five, we might just have to talk about it again. But um, that's the deadline. You know. That's the calling card deadline. Is March? If we don't have a PlayStation Five between us by March, we're gonna have a. We're going to complain we're gonna about it. We're going to have a problem <laughs> and we're going to have a podcast episode. Um, so, listeners, soundonlypod at gmail.com. Email us about GameStop, both the stock and also the storefront. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We'll holler at y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>